Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie, he was a co-host on the US version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called, It's Scary In Here, it's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. So glad you guys are here because it is showtime. We got a great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is actor, comedian, podcaster, and host of Rolling Stone's The 500 Podcast. His name is Josh Adam Myers. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join our conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Jason Campbell. Yes, he is a truck driver from Canada. We are glad he is with us. Stern, say hi to Jason Campbell. Jason, how you doing, man? He used to be a quarterback in this 10 DC by the name of Jason Campbell. So it's a great really? name. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and Jason, we just want to let you know that we have a bit of an issue this week. Oh, what the for what now? <laughs> Thanks, Phil. <laughs> All right, Phil. Well, Phil is adrift, and uh, it's a two-man gig today. Alex is back at the home office in uh, Santa Monica. I am at the apartment in New York. Stern is in D.C. Alex doesn't have any power. She doesn't have any power, and her phone died. <laughs> Here we go. I feel like I'm in a murder mystery. One by one, the hosts of the podcast are disappearing, and now yeah. it's just you and me, man. It's just you and me. But don't you worry. We are going to have some fun today. Uh, I really enjoyed my conversation with Josh Adam Myers, and uh, it was funny because one of the things we discussed in there is you just got to be you. You can't, you can't just, uh, you, you can't give into what other people think or what you think other people think. Cause to be honest with you, Stern, nobody really gives a shit. Everyone's got their own shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just got to do you right. You know, it's like, you know, well, Oh God, what do they think? They don't care. As soon as you leave, they're onto their own shit. So <laughs> solid advice. And Stern sent me this story. Uh, from the UK. Apparently, you like to read uh, the Daily Mail. <laughs> I do. Well, I pretend to be British, you know, for one of my other jobs. So I feel like I have to keep up the speed on everything that's going over on in England. Yeah. Yeah. 
So he sent me this story from uh, the uh, British city of York, Old York, uh, not to be confused with New York, where I am from. Uh, and it's about an 18-year-old singer named Mia Kirkland. Uh, and she was singing. She was just singing out. She was busking, as they call it, right? Singing yes. outside. Yeah. yeah, like hanging out in a corner, like singing or playing an instrument. Yeah, busking. That's yeah. A, yeah. We got that at the subway platform. And you know what? They're usually terrible. They're usually, <laughs> right. you know. But I don't say anything. I just keep going and, you know, and, and hope I don't come across a homeless guy with taping buckets because he's just banging around. Right. Yeah. Actually, those guys are actually pretty good. You, you know what? You come across, like when you least expect it, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, that guy could step in for John Bonham and play mm. with Zeppelin like today. Just f- fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, so this, this, this kid, she's singing. She's out there doing what she's doing. And this guy comes by and starts heckling. And this is what he says to her. There are some people who have it. You don't. You need to add variation. You're on the same plane all the time. This, and I saw that. And I was like, this is so unbelievable that, you know, here's this young woman ch- chasing some kind of dream. She's like, I want to be a singer. I'm going to I can't do it in, you know, a concert hall. So I'll do it on a street corner. And this guy just walks up and is a total jerk. Yeah, yeah. you suck. And then he says this, and and then then he says, I used to work with Diana Ross. I'm going to play this for you. Listen to this. I am Diana Ross. That's nice. Thank you. Have a lovely day. And you could hear the poor kid's voice crack. Do you hear it at the end? Yeah, she's like so upset. And I don't don't blame her. By the way, I used to work with Diana Ross. I think their last interaction was, would you care to see a dessert menu, Miss Ross? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. People will criticize. People would rather pull you down. That's that's what they're doing. They're just pulling you down so they feel better about themselves. You know, and I think there's something to that. It's like when when somebody sees somebody trying to pull themselves up and chase a dream and rise above it. They're like that reminds them that they they themselves aren't doing anything. And they're like, no, 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 no. Nobody gets out of here like this. I'm going to pull you down and we're all going to swim around in the crap together. Yeah, because nobody wants to look. Don't don't make me look bad. I stop doing something with your life because that means I got to examine mine and I don't want to do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Ah. So Kirkland said in the article, "I don't think there's any truth in him saying he worked with Diana Ross." I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yes. Yeah, she's also going to be studying at the London College of Created Media next year. So good for her. Uh, yeah. And she also told Kennedy News where this story came from. This cruel critic is not the first heckler she has had while busking. I had so many experience of people being weird to me. I had to report a woman to police for sending me hate mail. Hate mail. The kids, the kids singing Lady Gaga. <laughs> I mean, who's who's I mean, who has the energy to be like, I hated that that street corner singer so much. I'm going to write a letter to her and tell her how much I hate her. Yeah. Like, where the hell is that coming from? That is that's just insane. So people yeah. suck. <laughs> they do. And okay, she's 18. She's mm. just starting out on this journey. She's trying to figure out what she wants to do. She wants to chase this down. I applaud her for that. You are a seasoned veteran. You've dealt with, you know, I, I am to a lesser degree a seasoned veteran. We both had to deal with uncomfortable things that, you know, people who come to show will say to you, you know, what's the, what's the thing that people have said to you? They're like, oh, yeah, I remember you from that show. It wasn't for me. You know, yeah. it's like, what? thanks. Thanks for sharing that you didn't like what I did. I really appreciate you coming up and telling me that. Yeah. But you 
can take it because you got you get thicker skin. You're a New Yorker. You've been around for a while. But did you see this young kid and go just, you know, piss on her dreams, man? She's a kid. That's just brutal. You know, you just got to You got to stay confident. And if that's what you want to do, then do it. You know, yeah. you think Bob Dylan didn't get a lot of people at the beginning of his career being like, hey, Bobby, uh, I know you want to sing, man, but you're terrible. Yeah. I, you know what I loved? I loved the Bob Dylan tribute album when it came out when other artists did his song because I could finally understand the words. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, that's what he was saying. Oh, oh yeah, that's a pretty hey, good that's, line. That's pretty insightful. I had no idea before that. <laughs> but I got, I have, I have audio of her singing. So let's see what we think. She, she didn't break, right? Yeah, I thought she was pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Have you ever heard me sing? No. Some people have it. Some people don't. And you're, you're a safe distance from it. <laughs> yes, I, I. But you got to know, man's got to know his limitations, mm -hmm. you know? And I know I can sing in the car with the top down on a highway because no one can hear me at all. I can't even hear myself. Mm -hmm. but, but no, what she's doing, that I don't listen to that. I'm not sure I'm going to book her to a concert hall with a hundred thousand people, but that's a hell of a start. Like she's yeah. 18. She just figured it out. Good for her, man. Yeah. Point of this is people will criticize you to pull you down. So they don't have to examine their own stuff and you just have to be you. And it's just a question of when you get that message and when you've had enough of beating yourself up. Josh Adam Myers got the message from another comic named Sherrod Small. I love both these guys. And this is a great interview. So you guys listen to this and we will see you on the other side. If you don't get better in life, you'll just criticize people who do. I can't get bigger, so I'm going to make you smaller. I can't go higher, so let me bring you back down lower. I can't get better, so let me make you look worse. We criticize because we see something inside of somebody else that we ourselves have not attained. Would you care to see a dessert menu, Miss Rose? <laughs> <laughs> the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. Don't put the bags here. The dog peed. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. 
I want to make you laugh. Yes, I do. If you come see me, I will do just that. This Saturday, July 30th, I will be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Potawatomi Casino. August 25th, I will be at the Theater in Reno, Nevada. August 26th, I will be at the Crystal Bay Casino in Crystal Bay, Nevada. And August 27th, I will be at the Center for the Arts in Grass Valley, California. Wait, there's more. September 16th, I will be at the Opera House in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And September 17th, I will be at the Newton Theater in Newton, Pennsylvania. Is there a special show, Adam? You bet there is. October 6th, I will be at the Gilmore Car Museum in Richland, Michigan. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, if you can make any of these gigs, please come up after the show. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an actor, comedian, musician, and podcaster. He's the creator and host of the Goddamn Comedy Jam. He also hosts Rolling Stone's The 500, reviewing the top 500 albums of all time, and I really enjoyed being on it. We both have ADD. We both did the morning announcements in high school, and he beat the rap in ninth grade for the attempted trafficking of Noga Nuts. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, it's my pal Josh Adam Myers. How are you, baby? I'm great. You want to buy some Noga? Be- it's Noga beans. You want to buy some Noga beans? Oh, Noga beans. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's start right there with the Noga bean story. There was a kid in our school. I- I- that was just very he wasn't very smart and he was very susceptible to like you know misdirection you'd be like hey do you want to like the teacher's coming in and he would freak out and be like no she's not she's not coming in he'd be like oh thank god okay so we we i guess we're in high school i'm in ninth grade my buddy greg is in 10th and we convinced this guy that guy uh, that we had drugs for sale called <laughs> noga beans and the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I know Al Noga. There was a Al Noga. Yeah, yeah, it's Al Noga. Yeah, so it's for everybody else. It was Al Noga was this Samoan. I think he was a linebacker, like an outside linebacker. Or he was just he was just a dude, and we loved him. <laughs> he played for the Washington football team at that time, and so we had Noga beans, and we take him to the locker, and we're like, oh wait, we gotta go get him, and then. We go back to class. We're like, we'll bring him tomorrow. And then the next day, the police pulled us into an office and wanted to search us for selling drugs. And then we were like, they were like, we were like, yeah, we, um, you know, we we were trying to sell him uh, Noga beans. And uh, and the guy was like, after Al Noga, <laughs> I was like. So, so the cops, the cops, you had your little telecops, you made the whole thing up. And then yeah. when you said Noga Beats, he went Al Noga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, like Al Noga? I'm like, yeah, that's why we called it that. And he's like, he's like, see, there ain't no such thing as Noga Beans then. And we're like, no. And he's like, okay. He's like, all right, well, you do, you know, stay clean, boys. And then we went back and we were fine. It was. Oh, God, is that funny? Yeah, man. What? We met. Um, and you, you asked me to do the, the podcast and I had such a good time doing the podcast and I really, really enjoyed hanging out with you. It was more of a hangout than talk. We, we figured out there's only four good songs on Clapton Slowhand, and then we got to talk for the rest of the time. 
Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it's well, that's what's great about doing the podcast, especially when I get to do it with somebody like you, someone that you know so much about music and you're and you're such a good speaker that it, it was just and we're also friends. Mm. Like we're those we're those two guys that like the second we met, it was like and then we're yeah. just talking. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, so when you get, when you, and I think that's, what's the gift about podcasting and especially podcasting with comics is like, we, we love the thing that's better than being on stage is sitting around and just talking with comics. Mm -hmm. It's, it's everything. So, so yeah, man, uh, you did an album that, cause you could have done so many records on that list. Yeah. Well, we tried before we had a couple of lists like, oh, I can do this one, this one, this one. And it would just happen to work out that I was in New York and we did it in person, which was really cool. I really I like it. we're doing this over Zoom right now. And I, uh, I much prefer to do it in person. But even just to be able to connect to someone that that has the same love of music and you you straddle a lot of you're like a rave dude that can also rock and roll. That's what I like about you. I think that, I think that it's just, that has a lot to do with what my dad kind of introduced me to at a young age. I think a lot of my life, it was just, I wanted my dad's approval. You know what I mean? Welcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but my dad was into the arts and it's crazy that he never worked in it, but he would, you know, he introduced me to jazz at a young age. I used to sit around and listen to Miles Davis records and then like the four freshmen and like a lot of the crooners he loved. Mm -hmm. And, and then I remember like my mom was the one that kind was into rock and roll a little bit like she liked the Beatles but I saw the power of music because I would sit around and watch my dad listen to a record and, and like start tearing up and I was like oh man that's so cool and then I you know got into like Iron Maiden and Guns N' Roses because that was what was popular and that was cool like the rock stars of the 80s were like you know they're up there with like the Zeppelin guys where it's mm -hmm. like they're just bigger than life and sure. and and just so huge and cool and and then comedy too. My dad would watch these comedy specials and introduce me to Mel Brooks and, and Woody Allen. And then I remember watching Comic Relief, and mm -hmm. and my dad was like crying, laughing at the Carlin stuff. And and I just was like, "What is that?" And that stand up comedy, Josh. And I was like, "Well, I want to do that." Right. So so I think it was just my whole life. I was always going back and forth between all right i'm good at music i can sing i can play instruments let's do that and then i was like but i'm so funny and it just kept going and going and and then you know because this is i always tell this joke to people but it's like i i i you know my dad would ask me what do you want to do for a living and i was like well i want to be a rock star mm -hmm. but i also want to be a comic and my dad's like well you got to choose one and it's unfortunate that he's no longer with us uh, because I would love to rub it in his face. I, like, <laughs> I told you, dude, I told you. And I made it happen. That's who I am. And I think yeah. we are. Well, if as long as we lean into what we are, right. it doesn't make a difference if we're blending genres or anything. And it's like, mm -hmm. It's I you know it as a comic comics are always like ah when you know when a when a when a if a comic tries to sing it's like eh it's like it's cheesy and it's like it's it's with me if I sing on stage or if I'm doing the jam it's just who I am yeah and you can and you can make fun of it all you want but I go but I'm just being me and if you don't yeah. dig it then that's on you you know what I mean yeah but you can do it too I've heard you sing so that that that's the other surprising thing it's like oh wow there's a lot here what did your dad do what was his profession. 
So my dad was a, uh, he worked as a financial planner when I was born and was very successful. And then his company uh, started doing major layoffs. The company was like ADP. I, mm. I think they're still around. And he was like a manager there and he quit because all of his, his underlings that were his friends uh, were getting fired. Right. And so then he tried to go into sales and he sucked at sales. Right. He was so bad. And then we had like the dark period in our household where my, where we were like struggling for money we lost our house and luckily mm. my dad's friend had bought it from us to rent it back to us uh and then eventually sold it back to us when when me and my sister inherited a little bit of money and gave gave half to my parents uh but my dad finished uh when he passed away he was he was a pest control guy he worked for orkin wow. but he was a but he was a people person and he right. liked you know i think with sales which was so crazy because he was such a good guy he couldn't he couldn't lie to you Mm -hmm. So it was tough for him to make the sale and close it. But when he was planning people's lives as an accountant and doing that stuff, he was great because he was dealing with the individual. And I, and I, my dad found a lot of enjoyment in, in working in pest control because he would, he would talk to, he would, he was working in Potomac, Maryland. So that's like a mm -hmm. lot of money right. and like a lot of well-to-do people that are educated. And my dad's an educated guy, went to college, started law school and dropped out, but he's actually, and all those mistakes, Adam, are the reason I work so hard not to please him because I don't want to be in his situation. That's yeah. why you follow your dreams mm. is because I don't want to, I don't want to be my dad every morning opening up that newspaper, you know, re eating his breakfast, which he's finding his little bit of enjoyment in the morning and then closing that newspaper and going, <sighs> all right, off to work. I don't ever yeah. want to sigh knowing I have to do anything in my career. And I've been very, very lucky where for the last 10 years, it's, it's, well, no, let's say 2016. So the last uh, four, six years, I haven't had any other job other than this. And mm. I, and I'm just grateful every second. This is even this on a bad day as a comic is still like, you know, better than the best day at any job I've ever had besides this. My dad um, worked like a dog, and I, I saw him. I saw the aspects of his job he liked, and I saw the stuff that drove him crazy. He did kitchens and bathrooms. And he, he taught himself to do it because my family were they're a bunch of plumbers. You know, yeah. my father's like, there's more here. You can, you know, so he would design everything. So he really got into the art of it, and he taught himself how to perspective draw. He taught himself how to do all the creative stuff, and even the building and cars and stuff. He could fix anything. But his, my father was the other way, dealing with people. He was like, this woman was like, there's, there's a knot in this cabinet. And my father would, you know, funny, but he would say, this was once a tree. Okay. So <laughs> your complaints don't go to me. They have to go to God. Just do me a favor. I don't want to be here when you file it. <laughs> yeah. Do that on your own time. You know, <laughs> Not so, on my but I saw, but I saw the, I, I know what you're saying, man. When, and I don't, I would not be able to or be where I am if my father didn't push me. Did your father? Uh, he didn't push me. My dad would, my dad really, it, it was a very weird relationship. And, and I, you know, I love my dad, but my dad was very, very hard on me because my sister was that, hardworking, very, very book smart person. My sister mm -hmm. from a young age, uh, she's two years older than me, was was like straight A's all through elementary, middle, high school. And in high school, she won like all these awards in the National Honor Society. She then goes to Israel, teaches Israeli kids English. Mm -hmm. She then, you know, uh, finishes college. And then she uh, she goes, she has a, her pick of the litter. Oh, she has her pick of her litter for colleges too. But because of our situation, she goes to like a small school in Maryland. 
that mm-hmm. paid for everything, got into Johns Hopkins, got into NYU, got into Princeton. And then she, you know, she's like, she goes to medical school and becomes a pediatrician because she's so good with kids. And my sister would push me. My sister was the one that encouraged me and was very, you know, this is what you're good at, Josh. Just deal with this mm-hmm. something you're good at. And my dad, I think I wasn't a good student. I wasn't a bad student. I just, I had to be interested in it. English, I was great at, right. uh, you know, writing, being creative. And, and math, I've always been bad at. Hence why the greatest thing I've ever done is get an accountant and like a <laughs> business manager because yeah. now everybody's like getting paid on time and they're getting the right amount. And it's like, it's great. But I was always drawn to the arts. I'm an artistic person. I mm-hmm. love me, you know, having fun and my alone time as a kid was going into my room and putting on records and singing into the mirror and imagining I was performing in front of thousands. And, you know, any the only real job that I kept other than stand-up was when I was a bar mitzvah wedding DJ for seven years. I did that through college because I was performing in this yeah. weird way, DJing and picking the song and controlling an audience. It's all performing. And I remember the DJ company, the two guys that owned that company, very early on, I said to them, I wanted to be a comic. And they were like, they were like, well, you can, because the guy was so old school, like, like love Sinatra, like 50 years old. He'd be like, hey, Bubba, well, why don't you use this? Why don't you use this, the Shalowitz wedding to really work out your material, baby, you know? And then also on the other hand, he'd be like, you know, evolution wasn't real. Like, he, he was... Yeah, dude. He was like, they were so, they were so Christian, but they were right. such sweet guys. The Lampiruses, I love you. I owe Mike and Steve uh, so much because they did help me and they prepared me for being a comic because you, you're standing up there talking in front of people, whether mm-hmm. it's, it's on stage at the comedy cellar or you're at a wedding or mm-hmm. at a, a company party, you have to control that. And, yeah. and it was, I got seven years of training, hence why my my stage presence was bigger than my material and kind of covered the weight of my material right. uh, up until I then became like a comic with actual like six, seven, eight, then 10, 15, 20 minutes of material. You know what I mean? Yeah. Were you funny in school? Very. I yeah. was, I was a very hyperactive kid and. Uh, oh dude, we, I, we had ADD before they knew what it was. Exactly. But here's the here's the thing, Adam, is that my mom got me and the doctors put me on Ritalin at such a young age. It didn't it didn't focus me. It made me crazier. It gave me they gave me speed. So I was (laughs) I was spun out of my head running around and I would just do things because I I I I like I use it to deflect against me because I was a smaller guy. And especially when the money got tight, you know, we didn't, I didn't have the freshest clothes. I didn't Mm. have the nicest shoes. So I, and I'm a little guy. So I use I use comedy to, to get to get people laughing, which then gets them to like you. And, and, and I just, I, 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 I like, I needed that hit man, every class and every class I had a shtick and I had a friend that I could bounce off ideas with. And it was, it was just, it was like when, the, when I graduated high school, I think I won uh, most humorous and class clown. Mm. And and then I wanted to do stand up then at 18. I was like, I remember that day, my, me and my buddies were like, were like, I was like, I want to do stand up. They're like, well, let's go down to Tower Records in Rockville, which is right outside of DC in Maryland. And let's go get the city paper and we'll look up an open mic. And instead of finding that city paper, we just went and hit on girls and looked at <laughs> and looked at records. 
And it wasn't until, and then I did music all right. through my twenties and, and I was in, in and out of colleges uh, and I was in bands. And then the last band led, uh, which was very good. We could have done something if we all would have been dedicated. We, we ended, I go back to college. I graduate college. I move back in with my parents and I'm working for this company and I'm still at the time drinking and doing drugs, excuse me, mm. doing Coke. And I was partying with these guys in Baltimore and this, uh, this, these two guys I was talking to, I'm making them laugh. And, and, and they're like, they're like, are you a comic? And I'm like, nah, but I want to. And they're like, yeah, you should do it. And I go, you know what? You're right. And I went home that night and I went online. I found that website, chuckle, chuckle monkey. Right. I, I typed in open mics in the DC area. It popped up wise acres. And still to this day, I was, I was just talking about this with somebody a couple of days ago. One of the most important moments in my life is having the balls to go up to the guy that, that made the list after you signed up. And I, cause I didn't get put on the list mm. and I went right up to him and I go, Hey man, I've never done stand up before. And you didn't put me on the list. If I don't go up tonight, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it. And he was like, he was like, all right, you're going on last. And I went up last and I, I did fine. Mm. You know? And, and then I went back the next week and I did it again. And like an idiot, I invited people. Right. Um, and I, I dude, I, I ate such a dick. And then, <laughs> So bad, Adam, like so bad, but, but that, but that was enough. It didn't scare me. I just, I just started focusing on saving money and it was such a far drive from where I lived until I got to Los Angeles. And when I got to LA, I was like, okay, this is 2007. I moved there. I started doing some shows, mm. but, but they were like, I wasn't dedicated. I wasn't giving myself any real prep time like i wasn't doing open mics for these big shows i i once again this is a funny story i um i've been living in la for like three weeks and i'm doing blow with this guy at this bar on franklin called birds and this uh, dude, i know, you know it's birds? Right, yeah it's right across from the scientology center scientology yeah exactly it's a, it's a great great spot great chicken if you're in the area go and get the rotisserie it's incredible mm -hmm. and I'm talking to the guy, I'm making him laugh. And he's like, you're a comic, right? And at that time I had done comedy twice. And I'm like, right. you, but you tell people you're a comic cause you're in LA and you're, yeah. I'm caught up. I've been there three weeks. I, the smoke and mirrors are in full effect. So I'm like, yeah, man. And he goes, he goes, yeah, man, in, in a month, I've got a, I've got a show at Tangiers and in, in on Hillhurst. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to headline it? I'll pay you 150 bucks for a half hour. And I'm like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you got I've got, I've got, I don't have any material, bro. I have no material. <laughs> and me, like an idiot, Adam, I invite like a bunch of people from the production job I was working on, my uh -huh. cousin being one of them and his girlfriend and a couple friends. And I show up. I haven't done any open mics. I have no material. I wrote some <laughs> ideas down. I go, this will be fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. And so I, and so I go up at the end. I think I did four minutes out of the 30. Right. Uh, I, I got really drunk. Uh, I got really drunk ahead of time, sweating. It was just so bad. And this is the funniest thing. I'll never forget this. The room at Tangiers, which is a great room. It never reopened. I've never seen another show there, but shows used to be there all the time. It was a great, dark, low ceiling. It's perfect for comedy. Stages up a little bit higher than the Cedars. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, the room's pitch black, except for one row. That's in the front second row. That's that's illuminated. And that's the five people that I brought are all illuminated. And I remember my cousin's face as I'm just eating shit. Just like... <laughs> and it was so bad. 
so bad. But what, what, what did the guy say when you got off? I don't think I took, I didn't take the money. I just, I just left. I, I literally got off stage. <laughs> I never talked out. to I literally went out the back. I saw them. I was, I was so embarrassed. I felt that like, oh, that feeling of like despair and failure. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, an, and it wasn't, a, it didn't scare me off because I, I think it's like, and I think you know this, like mm-hmm. there's something inside of us as artists that, that I, I can't say everybody, but at least for me, that even in my lowest points, I've, I've never doubted myself. Now that's not saying I don't get imposter syndrome, right? You know what I mean? In the moment sometimes, but I've always been like, you are going, you are destined for something. So mm-hmm. just keep going, keep going. And the universe will lead you into whatever it is. It's like, what's the, the, the doubt and the, and the, and the insecurities are what, push you i think if you could let them destroy you and hold you back mm-hmm. but if you are a strong-willed person you're gonna push through those and and just be like and listen to that other voice that's like yeah i think this but i know i but but that belief that 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 gut feeling that i am supposed to be doing this i've got to do it and then you do it mm-hmm. and you put it out there and you just hope for the best i always my favorite expression is do the work and stay out of the results just yeah. do the work and i know when I figured something out and I had that feeling when I came up with the goddamn comedy jam, I was excited and I, and I knew how to sell it to people and I got Burr involved. I got some other big comics off the first show. And then when I went into comedy central, Mm -hmm. uh, they did their thing with it, which I understand, you know, but they gave the rights back to me, but I knew it and I believed it. And then with the 500, which Mm -hmm. is another idea that I was able to sell, I was doing another podcast with somebody and I, I was like, I was like, yeah, it's, it'll be something. I don't know. I'm, I'm doing a podcast to do a podcast. Right. And then I, and then I went through this emotional existential, basically a midlife crisis. And I started going meditating and doing all these like spiritualistic things. And, and then I, one day I was like, I, I don't want to listen to any of the music I have saved on Spotify. I need to listen to other music. What's good music, nothing new, old stuff, the best mm-hmm. stuff in the world. Uh, me and Angela used to talk about the 500 greatest albums. I'm going to listen to an album a day. And I was telling somebody that. And then my buddy goes, you should turn that into a podcast. And then it was like, whoosh, like, oh, yeah. my God, this is a million-dollar idea. I'm going to sell this to Spotify, blah, 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 blah. And then it was just a matter of talking to people and being like, "It's that's what producing is. It's like, it's like, I got this great idea. It's so much fun. I want you to be a part of it. And, and then booking the guests was so easy. Mm-hmm. I knew it. And – I've only had these feelings a couple times in my life and I'm excited more for my fun than the idea of the millions of dollars that are possible. Yeah. Uh, if anything happens with it. Well, that, that, that's doing the work. That's to be the, the, in, yeah. the enthusiasm in, in Theos and, you know, in that taking that it's not coming from you, it's coming through you. Yeah. And that's the quality you're putting into it. And I think that's the thing that, that I love about, our job is I can go on stage. I can just be a vessel. Let it come through me to touch other people. And I leave buzzing up here. I really wish there was a lot more cash in it. Yeah. To be honest with you. <laughs> I know, dude, I know, I know. But you know, what's funny that you said that is for stand up. I, I start through the meditation and through going to that spiritual guide. He's mm. like, set your intention before you go on stage. What's your intention for every set? And I said, well, I just want to have fun. And he goes, that's it. You love fun. You love enjoying yourself. So right before you go on stage, set your intention. My intent, and I say, I close my eyes. I go, my intention is to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if they have fun. I'm going to have fun. And just like you said, when I go up there and I have fun, 
I don't bomb. The audience yeah. gets right on board with me. And if they're not having fun, then I will stop the show and I will literally say to them, guys, I, I don't care if you're not having fun. I'm having a blast. And then <laughs> they get on board yeah. because they don't, because they get it. They're like, Oh, this, this is what this guy is. He's mm. doing him. Right. Like who cares? I'm telling you, it's like, if, if you're creating idea for, or doing something to be a millionaire or be a movie star, or be a, like a, you know, an arena act in stand-up comedy. Good for you. I doubt it's going to happen. If mm. you're doing something because this is going to be fun and you love it, you're going to be the most successful person in, in the world. In, yeah. in your, in, you'll be able to do, I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of people that are probably like, all right, well, I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy this. And I want to, I want to be, I think being the president would be fun. And I'm like, all right, well, calm down. <laughs> not, you know what I mean? It's like, just, just, but just put love into everything and any idea that I've ever had, I've been in love with it. And, you know, I hope I don't lose it. And I, it's once you lose it, I think that's kind of when it will start to fizzle out. You know? All right. Well, let me ask you this. What is your, are you aware of how you self-sabotage? Yes. I know exactly how I self-sabotage. It was two things. One is getting high earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah, I, that'll do if, it. If I smoke pot during the day, there is a 50-50 chance I'll have a good set. Mm. Um, I'm at a place now where it's, I think I bumped it up to about 70-30, but those 30%, I don't like those 30% and I like to believe in myself and pot will sometimes get in my head and make me doubt myself. Mm -hmm. um, and for years as a standup act, I, I would doubt myself when I got high. I, there was a show um, that I carried around for years uh, at this club in LA called the Virgil. The show is called hot tub. It's one of the hottest alt shows in Los Angeles. It's run by Joel Mandelkorn, who is a really great producer, puts on great shows. It's hosted by Kurt Braunhauler and Kristen Shaw. And it's at the Virgil and it's packed and it's a hot room. And I just done new faces in 2013 and uh, TJ Miller, I yep. reach out to him and I say, TJ, can you get me on a hot tub? And he calls me, he goes, you're on in two weeks. And on the, and I got high during the day and on the drive over to the show in my head, I had already bombed. Mm. You know what I mean? They're going to mm -hmm. hate me. I, I don't, I'm not an alt comic. And instead of going up there and just being myself, I, I just was, had no confidence and man, I bombed so hard in a room that was hot. The only laugh I got, Adam, was when I said to the audience, I was like, wow, you guys hate me. And then it was like, ah, because that was the only, but that was the only moment I was in the room with them. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I carried that bomb around for years. And I was very, very lucky that in 2018, the beginning of 2018, I had really been working hard at stand up again because I had taken kind of a break when the jam took off from 2015 until 2017 I wasn't looking for shows I was mm. you know I was still depressed and a drug addict and and so then I I'm, I really started working a stand-up and I started like enjoying it again and then I asked Joel I call him and I go listen man I need to do hot tub and he's like why I'm like I ate such a shit sandwich there mm. years ago in 2013 I've been carrying it around I need to have a second chance and he's like you can do it next week and I went up there and I had such a blast because I believed in myself and I had fun and recently as as the pandemic's over 
and I have fallen so hard back in love with stand up and I'm and I moved to New York and I'm I'm working at a level that I've never worked before and around comics that I respect. LA comics, they're great performers. The 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 great writers of yeah. of our generation are all here in New York banging it out and that intimidated me. And I now what I do is I do things that frighten me. And moving to New York, I was very frightened about because I would be performing around comics that I really respect. So at first, I just didn't believe in myself when I first got out here. And I would, I'd have great sets, but there'd be some of those sets where that comic's watching me and I would, I would just go, and you just, you just, you get that, 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 uh, you know, it's like the the critic in your head, the critics in your head saying, ah, man, you're not that guy. You're not that funny. They're not going to like you. And I, and I get it still, but I'm able to like silence it. I'm able to go, that's not how I feel. You know, I observe it and I understand it, but that's not, that's not me. That's that voice. And recently I've just, I, I, I think it was like what, what the seller really brought out of me because the seller really helped me, man, where it, it like put me up. She would put me up after, after uh, David Tell and uh, in these hot rooms and late. And I just had to like, you know, I started singing and I started making up songs and I started, you know, bringing even more energy. And I started basically doing what I do in the, at the opening of the goddamn comedy jam Mm -hmm. into my standup act. And I stopped caring what other people felt about me realistically. And I I owe him everything. Sherrod small, uh, who I know, you know, he's a a great comic, great comics, a comedy, New York legend. I had this set. Have I told you this story before about the no. set? Okay. I had this set at the McDougal mm-hmm. and it's late. I'm closing out the show and I go up there. I'm totally present. I'm ready to party. And the crowd is just not into it. It's they're tired. I don't know what happened before me. I think they got mad at something I said right off the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was like kind of doing crowd work with this guy, but I never broke. I stayed in my, in my fun and I had a great time, but I could not win them over. And I go upstairs to to the olive tree and Sherrod sitting there at the table rolling a joint and he goes not it having never seen my set that night he goes ah man you'll get him next time and I just go I I just the defeat comes out and I'm like like yeah man you're right and he sees it he goes come outside and then for the next 20 minutes he goes on this speech Adam about how you need to own your stuff basically own your shit. He's like, Mm -hmm. own your shit. He's like, there's nobody else here like you do exactly what you want to do. And if that audience doesn't want to get on board, then fuck them. Because guess what? You're funny. And you need to know that you're funny Mm -hmm. because you got passed here. You got passed at the store. You, you are a comic. So stop thinking that you're unworthy of this. He's like that, that audience, they're all replaceable. You're not. He's like, they pay, they pay full price for their chicken tenders here. You get half price. But he's right. He's yeah. right. I yeah. gave that I gave that audience so much power for so many years. Oh God, I hope they like me. Instead of just going, fuck it, yeah. man. I'm gonna go do what I do. And if they want to get on board, great. If they don't, that's on them. But I'm yeah. funny and I know what I'm doing. And here's the coolest thing about that. He talks about it for 20 minutes. I always remember how he ends it. He goes, you better, you better start believing in yourself, Josh. Cause if you don't, there's gonna be a younger guy that kind of does what you do that's gonna take your spot. And I'm like, you're right. And then I, and then I, I hug him and he leaves. And then I go to grab my phone to, to call an Uber. And I realized I never turned my recorder off. So I have that speech and I listen to it from time to time when I need it. 
I've told wow. him. I talked, I talked to Sharon about it all the time. I was like, you changed my life. And since that moment, I've never bombed. I've, since that moment, I'm just, I am dialed in and I am having fun because I'm owning it. And I think that, that's the key to all of this. Yeah. That that's cool, man. That I that's really, really cool. And that's yeah, good yeah. that not only you had that realization, but you you can stay in it, you know, because we can because we learn our lessons and then we, you know, then we stumble around and that's why it's a that's why a, a meditation is always called a practice because we're just practicing. Yeah, I think there. Look, I, I think like any other person, probably you, I, I consider a person that's very like not only like funny, but just you're so present. You're such a you're such an easy guy to just be around. Like you're you're welcoming. You're filled with love. I I think probably you and everybody. We all get hijacked. I get sure. hijacked from time to time. And it happens sometimes right before sets or on the, on the, on the walkover or in yeah. the, or the moment they call my name. And, but I, but I, if I, if I start getting to that, even on stage, I will settle in and I'll, I eventually I'll click over and then I'm like dialed in and mm. I'll always finish strong. Yeah. I start a little rough, but I'm, I'm at a place now where it's like, man, it's that moment in the matrix where the guy Neo gets shot and they think, oh, Neo's dead. But then Neo pops back up and then you see it from Neo's perspective and he sees like the O's and the ones because he believes. He believes that he's the one. I'm not saying I'm the one, but mm -hmm. I'm the one me. And mm -hmm. I believe in Josh. And I think that's the big thing is that now, dude, when people used to compliment me, I used to look away like I was the elephant man. Like, oh, no, please yeah, don't yeah. compliment me. Oh, God, I'm terrible. And now it's like, oh, no, I, I am the best at Josh at being Josh. I'm not the best comic, but I'm the best at being me. Mm -hmm. And that's all I can do. And that's and once you know that, man, you are cream cheese. And <laughs> <laughs> you, can you carry that? You, you carry that in your life as well? I think so. I have a, I think I have like rough times sometimes talking to certain people because I want them to like me, yeah. but I have, but I, you know, I stay in my loving as my, as my guide would say, stay in your loving and, and don't like them. Don't, don't be with them because you want them to like you be with them because you like them. Good. And it's, and like you said, it's practice, man. It's practice. It's not, it's not perfection. I'm never going to be perfect. It's like, you just gotta, some, some days I'm dialed in some days I'm not, but I don't beat myself up, you know? And, and I, I'm just myself. And, and I think that's, you know, that's, it took years to get that way, you know, and I'm, I'm getting there, but I'm, but I, but it's like, I just know that it's like, it's even if I'm uncomfortable, it's like, it's all love. And eventually, you know, it, it, it smooths out. It's, 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 it's like you said, man, it's practice, 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 practice. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man, I think you are cream cheese, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> and I can't thank you enough for doing this, man. I really, I really enjoyed being on your podcast. It's, it's, uh, the 500 with Josh Adam Myers. I highly recommend it. If you're a music fan or a comedy fan, uh, the goddamn comedy jam, they can see, uh, you, you're touring it around New York. Yes. We're doing, we're going to do one of the stand in New York city, I think in September, but, uh, you can, if you're in LA, you can catch it at the comedy store. August 14th and uh, just look go to joshadammyers.com uh, and you can find out where my shows are going to be and where the jams are going to be we got a lot of stuff coming up it's great I, I always love seeing you my friend I'm, I'm sure I'm going to see you a little bit later this week at the cellar yeah uh, I love you I wish you the best to you and your family thank you brother what's up this is Josh Adam Myers and that was 30 minutes I'll never get back and I need those 30
<laughs> I really enjoyed talking to uh, to Josh. It was a he's a good dude, and that, that's a great story. And I'm glad he found. I'm glad he found who and what he is, and he's enjoying it. Very cool dude, and I love the stuff that he's chasing down. I love that he's doing what he loves. It just, it just makes you so happy, and I love that Sherrod Small like heard heard it in his voice. Wasn't even looking up. It heard that in his voice and said, well, "You're going to come with me. I'm going to set. I'm going to take you outside. I'm going to get your head straight about this because mm. you need to hear this." And we've all got to have somebody like that. That's you know that's going to be in our ear and in our head when we're having moments of self-doubt and be like, man, am I on the right path? Mm. You've done that for me when I've come off stage. You give me some great advice and some great, you know, a boost. And I know from all the comics we've talked to, they all refer to you as a great mentor. So I love that, that you have that in you, you know? Yeah. Well, Sherrod, I mean, Sherrod saw it, took him out, then actually said this, look, you deserve to be here because a lot of it is imposter syndrome, you know? Oh, so, sure. He's like, yeah, you get your chicken wings at half price. These, these, <laughs> these people pay full price. I love that. It's yeah. like- <laughs> and then the warning he says look if you don't if you don't step into your power for for lack of a better phrase there's going to be someone that's close to what you do who's younger is going to work cheap and take your place so that lights a fire yeah. under your ass so i was yeah sherrod's a good dude he really i gotta we gotta get him on the show he's a he's a fun no guy. i would love to hear it i mean i'd love to get the follow-up on 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 giving that speech and yeah. by the way how great was it just the accident that he was he still had it recording yeah, so, like now he's got that. It's not like he's like, man, what did Sherrod tell me? I gotta, I gotta remember that. I gotta write it down. It's like, no, he nope. has that. He can play that, you know, before everything to get him fired up and get him centered, man. That's just perfect. Yeah, let's go to the tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, but I really like, uh, I, I really had a great time on his podcast, The 500. I did, um, well, I did an Eric Clapton album. And there's, yes. only, there's, only, there's only four good songs on it. Okay, I got to fight you a little bit about this, man. Uh, you know, I went back and I looked at the album because uh, I remember after you did this, and you know, there's there's at least five good songs. Okay, and I'll, one I'll you did four I got, and then we'll we'll, we'll argue. It's uh, cocaine, which was yes. JJ Kale's song. Uh, Wonderful Great. tonight, yep. excellent song. Uh, Lay down, Sally, which I like, yes. and Love the core. It. Love the core. that. Okay. Next time you see her, that's the one you're leaving out. Mm, mm. Needs another verse. It's a story. It's 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 an unfinished story song because he, he's he's got two verses. Then he repeats another verse, and I'm like, "Where's the end of the story?" <laughs> so you the story closure. don't come to an end. Well, mate, life is messy. Sometimes there isn't solid closure, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that was, you know, either but, that or Eric just ran out of heroin, and he's like, "Okay, I got to write another song." I'll be honest with you, Stern. Some people have it, and some people don't, and you don't. Okay. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry, Eric. Yeah, you just don't have it. Mm-hmm. I love that song. There's some great lines in it. Beautiful, a portrait of a sunset. Beautiful as a morning star. Mm-hmm. I I just dig that man, and some, the guitar work is impeccable. But. The other three, yeah, or whatever the, the the other the rest of the tracks in that album are kind of forgettable. So. Yeah, but what a, cool, what a cool show! What a cool show! That's a yeah, it's fun. I'd love to go on that with Josh and be like, "What album are we going to talk about, man?" Because I love music the way you do. Yeah, I don't know it as well as you do, but man, I that's just a cool concept. I love that he gets to do that. You know, lean into who you are. That's one of the phrases you guys talked about, man. Yeah, he said, I, mean, "I wish my father was alive so he could see me putting music and comedy together." <laughs> I know. Yeah. How do you like that, bug boy? <laughs> you know. I know. It's like yeah, you got to pick one, and he finds a way. To, you know, to do all of it. And I think I love the one thing they said about it was it was something like, you know, I, I'm not really concerned about the financial implications for this. Like, I, I, like obviously wants to be successful, but it was more like I'm just doing this project because I love it mm-hmm. and it's fun. 
And when you're doing stuff like that, I mean, just life is beautiful at that point. Yeah. Well, what he said, he says, you know, I do the work and stay out of the results, which is, you know, the desire to make this a success, the fear that it won't be, and all the stories that go off in your head, that's where all the suffering comes from. So to have that that peace in yourself and to enjoy what you're doing is to just, like he said, do the work and stay out of uh, the results. And he knows how he self-sabotages. Look, if I get high during the day, shit's going to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's like and because it that starts the voices in the back of his head saying you're not worthy you know you're the imposter and all that kind of stuff and mm. you know what to be able to recognize that and say all right that's the ditch i got to stay out of it otherwise my day is just going to be ruined and you know i'm not going to be able to do the things i need to do good for mm -hmm. him yeah I, I like the, when he, he said, yeah, I'm a com He's in L.A. doing coke with this guy at this bar at Birds, which I know the bar. Right. And he's like, I'm a comic. Yeah, I'll give you one hundred fifty dollars for a half hour. I'll take the gig. He doesn't have an act. <laughs> Not only doesn't he have an act, he's inviting people. <laughs> Come see me. I got 30 minutes. I'll do about two, but it should be fun. <laughs> I love how he didn't like crash and burn after that and been mm -hmm. like, I can never get back up on stage. And listen, I, I'm sure in your day you've had flame outs on, uh, on yeah. stage. I, I've, you know, famously, I have that one where like the, the women just got in a conversation very loudly at the front of the stage. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I've completely lost the crowd. It's, I, it still haunts me. And like him, I couldn't get out of that building fast enough. And yeah. I apologize to everyone I saw on my way out. I just was mortified. And it took me a while to get back up on stage. But when I get out there, I still have that in the back of my head. And yeah. I love that he's been able to sort of compartmentalize and be like, no, screw it. I'm going forward with this, man. Yeah. And by the way, how great was it that he went up there and a guy was like, you know, he's like, you, you didn't put me on the list. And he's like, well, sorry. And he's like, if you don't put me on the list, I am never going to do this. Like, I, I have to do this. And the guy just, okay, great. Get up there. You're, you're, yeah. you're last, but you're on, the, you're on the show now. Just, yeah. a, just a cool moment, man. And the fact that he does, he perseveres and goes and does the things he, he know, he knew himself at that, at that moment. Like if I don't do this now, I'm never going to do it. He asked for help. He got the help and he did it. And even if it didn't go the way he expected to, he went back and did it again. I was always, I, I was struck by, when he said I didn't when his father lost his job and he was uh, he was an exterminator mm -hmm. and he would read that paper. He had that one morning of peace and then he had that exhale. Oh, <sighs> all right. Time to go to work. Yes. And he said, I never wanted to do that. So, you know, yeah, and, you know, something's either an inspiration or a warning. And that was kind of a warning to him. Well, you know, as an adult and you're trying to navigate through stuff, you're like, look. I don't necessarily love my gig or what I'm doing right now, but I have to do it because I got to take care. There's certain things I have to take care of, but mm -hmm. there's that statement when he's like, it's that side. We've all heard that. We've a lot of times we've done that ourselves. Just like, okay, I got to get up, got to go to work now. Mm -hmm. And there's just no joy in you. And for him to be, to have zeroed in on that and been like, okay, I don't want to go down that path. I'll do stuff to take care of bills and, and my life, but I'm going to go down a different path. So I'm not, dreading going to work or just being like, I'm just marking time until I die, essentially. By the way, I'm pretty sure Alex went, oh, got to do the podcast. I'm going to tell him the power went out. <laughs> it's like, spin the wheel. What's the excuse? Oh, yeah. No, no. She's the, she's the ray of sunshine in the show. So yeah, I miss her. I know. Yeah. Right now, you know what? She's high on Noga beans. That's where she is right now. <laughs> My God. Okay. First of all, I love that it's Al Noga. 
<laughs> former lineman for the Vikings and the Washington football team. And all I could think about when I'm hearing him tell that story is like, how did Adam not pull this trick on Phil? This is, this is got your trademark written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Screw it with Phil. Now, nah, Phil, try Noga beans. Yeah, man. Oh yeah. They'll mess you up big time, brother. <laughs> yeah. Did I, did I tell you when Phil accidentally took a Vicodin? No. He was here. He was at the apartment in New York and the game was on. He had a headache. He went up in the, into the uh, medicine cabinet and there's a, there's a bottle of Tylenol. He opens it up. He took a Tylenol. He sat back down. He goes, Oh, I feel, I feel weird. I feel better, but I feel weird. I go, I thought you had a headache. He goes, nah, I took a Tylenol. I go, where'd you get it? <laughs> it was in your medicine cabinet. I go, uh-huh. <laughs> was it bigger than usually a Tylenol is? He goes, I don't know. And I went up, I looked, I go, you took a Vicodin, you idiot. <laughs> And he's like, what? <laughs> he goes, who keeps Vicodin in a Tylenol bottle? I go, I do. I know what they look like, you idiot. That's what <laughs> Who doesn't know what a Tylenol looks like? Was this like an experimental model? Yeah, sure, it's yeah. a little bigger. Yeah, I'll take so it. I had yeah. to walk him around because he was like, he was panicking and high in my little apartment here. <laughs> so I get up, we're walking around New York. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, let me have a little bit of fun. He goes, goes <laughs> of course. We're walking down, we're walking down by Cooper Union. And he, he's like, uh, there's a face in that building. I go, it goes, I could see a face in that building. I, I go, oh yeah, that's the Munson building. He's like, what? He goes, the, what's the Munson building? I remember the catcher for the Yankees, Thurman Munson? Thurman yeah. Munson, yeah. yeah. Died in a plane crash. Well, his family was really big in real estate. And when he died, they built that building and they put his face in it. It's really cool. You want to go see it? Yeah. He's high as a kite. We walked there, he's staring at the building. Stern, it's got to be five minutes. He's just looking right at it. He goes, I can't see. I, can't. I saw it on this angle. Let me go on this angle. He walks up the corner. He's looking at the corner. He comes back. You don't, and now I start playing. You see that over there? See, that's the eye. Follow the eye. You see the chin? No, I don't see it. I said, All right, Thurman had that big mustache. Look at the mustache. See the Fu Manchu mustache? Yeah, but where's his face? Five, six minutes solid. And then he goes like this. He goes, there's no face there, you idiot. <laughs> I go, nah. <laughs> it's not even the Munson building. I go, nah, his family wasn't even from New York. Come on, let's eat. <laughs> you never miss an opportunity. That's what I love about you, man. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah. Well, it was funny because Josh, I was, I was, there was a lot of things with Josh that, uh, that resonated with me. One is love of music, my love of music, and the fact that he had ADD as a kid and the Ritalin made him crazy. He was right. He was more jacked up, and everyone's going, "No, take it. It's good for you." And he's ping ponging around the school. <laughs> no, yeah, that's yeah. That might have been a miscalculation on the doctor or the teacher's recommendations. But I mean, you you had to deal with that when you were a kid. I mean, you took. Did you take Ritalin when you were a kid? No, I, I never took the Ritalin when I was a kid. I just I just got through it. You know, whatever right. it is, I just got through it. And then when I was an adult, I'm like, this is really really bad because what happened was I could improv on stage because of the ADD. So I found a place for it to go. But mm -hmm. when I started getting my panic attacks, like I said, the, uh, the, the thoughts and the storytelling that causes our suffering, the, the, the dark stuff, that machine, the ADD would grab the machine and just go from scenario to scenario. And it got darker and darker and darker. And I was spent, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop Jeez. my mind. And that's when I started getting panic attacks. And that's when I realized, okay, that's what's happening. I have to do something about it. So I go to see the shrink. And uh, he gives me Adderall. And it ain't cheap, Stern. 150 bucks for a prescription of Adderall. And I took it and I went, I know what this feeling is. 
I know, I know this. I go back to the doctor. I go, what is this? He goes, it's, 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 it's amphetamine. It's salt-based amphetamine. I go, for $150? I can go to Port Authority and get a bag of whites. <laughs> yeah. For 30 bucks, it's the same thing. It's speed. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, after I said that, I'm not, I'm not taking speed anymore i did it as a kid right. I, I know it so i that's when i started meditating and just started i got to deal with this on my own so yeah and the other thing that actually helped that 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 josh said was setting an intention when he said yes. set an intention for your your set um just setting an intention either for the day or for the task which you have at hand i don't know how really it works but what i've noticed is it gives it gives what you're doing an organizing principle you know, it's like you put it out there and then the sure. universe goes, okay, that's the organizing principle. You want to have fun? This is how, you know, I'll show you the stuff that if you're aware enough, you can have fun doing or what fun is. So that's very important. Setting an intention is, is a great tool to deal with, uh, with chaos. That spoke to me in such a huge way. And, and you, you know me when I've went the few times I've done stand up. you know, you guys are all having a blast in the green room and then like, you can see me and you're like, do you want to leave and go like mentally? Yeah. Prepare you got to go throw up. What are you doing? <laughs> I know, I, like leave. And then I, all I'm doing is trying to remember where I want to go with everything mm -hmm. and telling myself not to go have fun, but to not fuck up. You know, it's like, and it's, so it's this weird sort of like fear and terror that I'm going to go on stage and collapse and like, just be miserable. I've got to take that, set my intention. I got to sit there and be like, you know what? Just go have fun because when you're having fun, the audience is going to just come right with you and be like, you know what? This is let's go on for the ride for this. I've yeah. got to do more of that in my life, man. I really do. Well, I think what, what it does, like if you set an intention to have fun and, and you start having fun, you're like, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Look at that. Yes. This is yes. great. You know? So it's <laughs> when you get the, when the intention shows when the intention gets manifested and, uh, and you can, you can let it in and not grab, not grab onto it and stop it, you know, and try to hold on yes. to it and just roll yeah. with it. That's when, uh, I think that's when life becomes more enjoyable. That, and if you, if you get up in the morning with a little whiskey in your coffee, start the day that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. A little Adderall, you know. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Crush this up on a dashboard, roll up a dollar bill. And then go for the go. job interview. This should be fine. <laughs> Right. I'm going to have fun at this job interview, man. Yeah, I set my intention to get this gig. <laughs> I need dental because I'm grinding my teeth down. <laughs> I want to well, thank my pal Josh Adam Myers for being my guest. Uh, the podcast is called The 500. Uh, if you're a music fan, I highly recommend it. Uh, the Goddamn Comedy Jam is something that's fun to, uh, to see and be a part of, too. So uh, check his website for those dates as well. Stern, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, it is growing. Tell 11 people you know about the show, and that'll help us out a great deal. And if you get a chance to leave us a review, that helps us with our friend... Mr. Algorithm. God, do I miss my wife. Your voice. <laughs> I know, you too. Alex, please come back. Oh, she's got to come back. back. Remember, <laughs> we we're all in this you. together, brothers and sisters. Share the road. <laughs> and always remember that life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. Pot has ended. Go in peace. And Stern sent me this story uh, from the UK. Apparently, you like to read uh, the Daily Mail. <laughs> I do. Well, I pretend to be British, you know, for one of my other jobs. So I feel like I have to keep up the speed on everything that's going over on in England. Stan, you are not fooling anybody, you silly git.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.